Good morning, it's good to see everyone. Shkoya for coming. I want to discuss this morning the Mitzvah Matanas Levyonim. Um, what exactly is the nature of the Mitzvah Matanas Levyonim? Is it the typical Mitzvah of Tzedakah? Perhaps it's a, a, a new type of Tzedakah, which is unique to Purim. And perhaps what does that uh, reveal to us? What does that teach us about uh, the mindset we should have in approaching the upcoming uh, Yom Tov of Purim? So the Megillah discusses twice the establishment of the uh, day of Purim, and it uh, formulates it differently in uh, in each uh, each instance. So initially, the pasuk tells us in Parakhtes, Parakhtes, Pasukutes, that the day of Purim is a day of Simcha Umishte Yom Tov, Mishloach Manos Ishlu a day of rejoicing, a day of eating and drinking, a holiday, and a day of sending Mishloach Manos uh, from one person to the other. However, uh, subsequently, a few psukim later, again, the Megillah revisits the issue of the establishment of the day of Purim, but here it's described in somewhat different terms. Here, it's, it's the end of the second line, it's Yimei Mishte V'Simcha, days of drinking and rejoicing, Mishloach Manos Yehu and giving uh, presents to the poor. So here there are three, even if you're just a casual observer, there are three major differences between the way it's initially formulated, uh, the establishment of the Day of Purim, and the way it is subsequently formulated. And the most obvious and striking difference is, initially it's described as a Yom Tif, as a, a, a holiday, whereas later on, in the second formulation of the day, the establishment of the Day of Purim, there is no description of Yom Tif. Yom Tif is dropped, it's omitted. That's the most obvious difference. Uh, the second difference, which is discussed, is that initially it's simcha umishta. Initially it's rejoicing and eating and drinking. And uh, first rejoicing, then eating and drinking. But then, in the second formulation of the establishment of the Day of Purim, it's mishta, then simcha. First it's eating and drinking, then it's rejoicing. And the third uh, difference, which just jumps out at you, is that initially there's no matanas levyonim. There's no uh, tzedakah, no uh, presence to the poor. But then, in the second formulation, all of a sudden that's introduced. Matanas Levyonim appears for the first time only in the second formulation, the establishment of the Day of Purim. Why do we find these three differences between uh, the way uh, Purim is initially formulated and the way it's subsequently formulated? It's from both, no? Huh? It says Yontif from both. No, it doesn't. Abel Yontif and Mishthev Simcha Yontif. It says Miyagan Lesimcha Yontif, but it's Lasses is some Yemei Mishthev Simcha we're discussing today. That's more of our, you know, the, the mindset perhaps, but not, uh, not formal. Not formally. So the Gemara Masechus Megillah addresses the uh, most obvious difference that initially it's described as a Yamtif and then subsequently that's omitted. So the Gemara tells the Masechus Megillah that initially they intended for the uh, day to have uh, three components. There was uh, it was a day of Simcha, which the Gemara tells us means it's also behespid. Then it was a day of Mishta, a day of eating and drinking, that it's also betainis. And the Yamtif Melamed, it says at the end of the first line, the Gemara Megillah over here, Hayam Bez, Sha'asa Basias Malacha. They intended it for to, to be like other Yamim Taivim, that there's a prohibition to do Malacha on Purim as well. And the Gemara continues, though, when it comes to generally to Takanis Midrabanan, it has to be accepted by Claudius well in order to become normative, in order to become something that's uh, enforceable and established, and here was not accepted by Klal Yisrael. Hesbid v'tainis kiblu alayu, they accepted Hesbid and Tainus on the day of Purim, that Iser, but Malacha uh, lo kiblu alayu. They didn't accept uh, the Iser Malacha, and therefore, the, that's why initially the Gemara says it's described as a Yom for the Iser Malacha, but then subsequently uh, that was dropped, that was omitted, because there's no Iser Malacha, as we know, uh, as we know on Purim.
And perhaps this could explain, the Gemara doesn't, doesn't uh, you know, continue further, but perhaps this could explain the other two differences as well. Why? Because initially, a day that's a formal yamtiv, like any other yamtiv, so there's a chiyuv of simcha, as we know, v'samachta v'chagech, you should be happy on yamtiv, which obligates us to, how do we fulfill, go about fulfilling simcha? Obligates a person to have boss of a yayin. So first is a chiyuv simcha, like every yamtiv, and that leads to an obligation of mishteh. However, to eat and to drink. However, if it's not, no isa malacha on Purim, once that was dropped in the nature of the day, you know, someone was changed, so in order perhaps to preserve the character of the day, the integrity of the day, as a yamtif, we had to introduce a chiyuv, an independent chiyuv, to eat and to drink. We want to still make it like a yamtif as much as we can. There's no isa malacha, but we introduced uh, a chiyuv to eat and drink. But perhaps then, uh, that's why mishteh comes before simcha, because every other yamtif is an obligation to be besimcha, and that manifests itself, how do we go about fulfilling it? By eating and drinking. But if perm is no isimalacha, there's no inherent of simcha like every other yamtif, but we want to still, you know, kind of uh, stick it in, strip it in if we can, so we have a chiyuv of uh, eating and drinking, first it's mishteh, then it's simcha. That's why the order, perhaps, of those uh, two, uh, two mitzvahs was switched. And perhaps the Torah Tamima writes in the, his comments on the Gilas Esther, perhaps that's why in the second formulation of the establishment of the day of Purim, they introduced Matanas Levyanim. Because typically on every Yamtif, when there's a Chiyuv of Simcha, so the Rambam tells us over here in Paragvav, Hilchis Yamtif, Yudches, that one is obligated not only to be Misameach himself, his family, and his children, but a person is obligated to be Misameach others as an outgrowth, as an expression of his personal Chiyuv of Simcha. Says the Rambam, in a very stirring language, a person who locks his door and he eats and uh, rejoices by himself and his family. He doesn't uh, feed on and be misameach others. That's not the simcha of yamtiv. That's rather a simcha of his belly. Meaning, a person is supposed to be misameach others. The Gemara misach this beya and Explains that this is based on the passing and say, um, that you're supposed to send uh, presents. You send presents to others uh, because the day is a holy day. And the way you express that, says the Gemara Mesech is by being Misameach others. But now that uh, Purim, let's say initially, the way it was initially formulated with an Isa Malacha as a formal Yamtif, so that was obvious. That was included in the way you go about being Misameach and Yamtif is Chiyuf uh, Simcha. So you go about eating and drinking yourself, Simcha Umishta, and it's obvious. I mean, it goes, uh, it's on, you don't even need to say it, that you have to Misameach others, just like in, on every other Yamtif. But then in the second formulation of Purim, when Hesper Vitainis Kiblu Olayu, Malachalo Kiblu Olayu, they didn't accept the prohibition of Malacha. It's not like every other Yamtiv. So we have to artificially prop up the day in order to make it seem like a Yamtiv. So the, then the Megillah has to give us, well, what does that mean? If there's no East in the absence of an East Malacha, how do we uh, artificially make it like other Yamim Tavim? So the Pasik tells us, well, Mishtev Simcha, first eat and drink. That will bring you to Simcha like on another Yamtiv. And Matanaslav Yainim. By every other Yamtiv, it goes on Said, but by perhaps Purim, we had in order to f- artificially prop it up, we had the uh, Megillah had to articulate it, had to sp- uh, specify exactly what one has to do in order to make it seem like a yamtiv. Why did they take off the yamtiv part? Why? The Kali didn't accept it. I'm saying why. I mean, if, if it says initially, then why did they change 
Yeah. The Gemara says, I mean, Hesperitinus Kiblu Alayo Chazal, if it's Xerish and it's even Yachalamabo, so then it doesn't become normative. I heard a reason that. That Haman's time to talk to was every day Shabbos Yom Pesach Yom. Whenever you talk to them, they don't work because they didn't take on Yom Tov because they didn't want to make another day. And they took on the Chumrah of Matanis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. However, it could be, as Ali was already suggesting, perhaps uh, when uh, Kalal Yisrael didn't accept the Isim Malacha and Yamtif, it's not simply that now we're trying to prop it up artificially to, uh, you know, maintain the integrity of the day as a Yamtif. Perhaps it was a paradigm shift. Perhaps the nature of the day fundamentally changed. Uh, when there was an Isim Malacha, it was one type of day, like other Yamim Tovim. But now that there's no Isim Malacha, perhaps the nature of the day, the character of the day changed entirely. And the message of the day, it's not like other Yom and Tovim, and that perhaps uh, is, uh, is alluded to, is uh, reflected in the introduction, in the change from Simcha to Mishta, from Mishta uh, to Mishta Simcha, and uh, from no Matanas Levyonim to Matanas Levyonim. Because we need to understand exactly the nature of the mitzvah of Matanas Levyonim, because it's not the typical mitzvah of tzedakah that we generally encounter. The Gemara tells us, Mesechlis Bav Metzia, according from Abraisa, Atoysef, the Mesechlis Megillah, that the signing magvis purim le purim, the money that you collect from Matanas Levyonim has to be used on purim. You can't reassign it uh, to a different, uh, a different need, a different uh, tzedakah. We'll get back to that point. We're not careful with uh, the monies of Matanas Levyonim. What does that mean, ain medaktikim bedavar? So the Talmud Yushalmi comments, ain medaktikim bemitzvus purim, call mishu paishit as yado lito noisten loy. Anybody who sticks out their hand to ask, to request Matanas Levyonim, we give to them Matanas Levyonim, indiscriminately. Whoever shows up at our door, they're dressed in a costume, we don't even know who they are. Indiscriminately, we give out Matanas Levyonim. And that is surprising. It's unusual. Because typically, when it comes to most tzedakah, the Gemara tells us in Masechus Baba Basra, Baitkin Luxuzvein, Baitkin Lemezainus. Typically, a person comes to ask for food, so we don't have time necessarily to, to investigate the legitimacy of the tzedakah. But typically, Baitkin, typically, we go about uh, investigating the legitimacy of a certain tzedakah before a person gives tzedakah uh, in order to make sure that it's legitimate. Why do we do that? Why are we so vigilant about that? Because the Gemara tells us in Masechus Baba Kama, Commenting in the post, and say for Yirmiyahu that Yirmiyahu davened that his enemies, even when they attempt to do tzedakah, that they should uh, fail because they should give their charitable funds to illegitimate causes. And if a person gives his tzedakah to a person who's not a legitimate cause, he's not a genuine ani, so then you're not in fulfillment of the mitzvah of tzedakah, even if you had the best of intentions. The Gemara tells us over here after the comment, the first line: "Amr Rabbi Amr Yirmiyahu of Nei Kodesh Baruch Hu, Rebbeinu Shalaylam." He davened that his enemies, even at the time that they intend to do tzedakah, they should encounter people who are not mehugan, meaning not legitimate aniyim, because if a person gives to a person not legitimate ani, you don't receive any reward for the formal mitzvah of tzedakah. So I asked Rebbechan Wasman in the Kavit Sa'aris, very good, Baron. he says, what about a Gemara Masechus Kiddushin? We all know the Gemara tells us in Masechus Kiddushin, over here on the second line after the comma, Amar Avasi, a few of Adam Lasse's mitzvah v'nenas v'loyaso. Person's on his way to do a mitzvah. Let's say he's uh, you know uh, on his way to daven mincha. An einus happens. He's not unable to do it. Simply unable. V'nenas v'loyaso. He's not able to do it. 
a person's on his way to the Seder to go eat matzah, an Aynas happens, he's not able to eat matzah, he's on his way to take Dao Minim, and the customs confiscates it at the airport, he's not able to do it. Malav HaKasav Kilo The Torah considers it as if he uh, has performed the mitzvah. So he has a and a person gives tzedakah with the best of intentions. He, uh, unfortunately, the guy presented himself as a legitimate ani, and he's not. So, so why should I not receive reward for the mitzvah? What happened to the fact, uh, or the Gemara Masech Kiddushin, that a chash of last is mitzvah in anas, malav of kilo asa, why not? So Hakim doesn't receive reward for tzedakah. So Rabbi Hanan explains that there's a difference between uh, mitzvahs that have been adam l'mokhaim, religious obligations, such as daving mincha, eating matzah, taking lulav, there, if a person intended to do the mitzvah, he intended to fulfill the Ratzon Hashem, and he wasn't able to, but he wanted to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked him to do, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu considers it as if we listen to him. Because uh, mitzvahs that have been on the uh, revolve around listening to the Ratzon Hashem, listening to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked us to do. However, uh, tzedakah, or perhaps all mitzvahs ben Adam l'chaveroi, don't revolve around listening to the Ratzon Hashem, even though they are, of course, emanate from the Rebbeinu Shalalim, and that's why we do them. Uh, the way they are constructed is an o- obligation to one's friend. It's a chiyuv ben Adam l'chaveroi. You have an obligation to him to provide uh, the ani with support. And ultimately, if you gave uh, the support to somebody who's not an ani, you have not supported uh, the community of aniim. And therefore, you haven't helped out the person who you are obligated to serve. And since uh, the, the funds didn't reach the legitimate parties, so you have not uh, <coughs> done, you know, the taiva has not reached the, the party who was supposed to receive it, therefore you're not in fulfillment of the mitzvah of tzedakah. So the Balkan and the chiv of tzedakah is uh, based on whether or not the, the ani received the benefit or not. If you received the benefit, you're in fulfillment of the mitzvah. If you didn't, even if you had the best of intentions and you might receive other brownie points and nice things for wanting to do the Ratzon Hashem, Lamaisa is you have not fulfilled the formal mitzvah of tzedakah. By the same token, uh, Rabbi Hanan says, that let's say a person has no intention of fulfilling tzedakah, but he does, uh, you know, unbeknownst to him. So you're still in fulfillment of the mitzvah. The Sifrei tells us in Parachus Ekev, Amr person's walking down the street and a dollar blows out of his pocket. Mom has no intention. He had no intention of giving this tzedakah, and he's not even aware of it, maybe. He's a masasik. Umatza ani even his parnisba. The ani finds it and he is supported by it. Shemalav akasiv kilu zacha. The Torah considers it as if he had fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah. Why? Because again, same idea. The benefit reached the party who you needed to support. So as long as uh, you have supported the community of aniim, you're in fulfillment of the mitzvah of tzedakah. If you uh, did not support the community of aniim, you're not in fulfillment of the mitzvah of tzedakah. It doesn't matter what a person necessarily had in mind when it comes to the mitzvah of tzedakah. It's all about the benefit uh, that reaches the aniim. So therefore, in general... Uh, we are pretty vigilant about making sure, especially if a person is going to give a substantial sum of money, before you give tzedakah to aniyim, you should make sure that it's a legitimate cause, because if it's not, you, you have no mitzvah at all. But if the best form of tzedakah is you don't know who you're giving to, and they don't know who they're getting Someone should know that it's a legitimate cause. But you, get, you put it into a pot, whatever. And there's always a gabite tzedakah who goes about... Okay, so let's say he gives... That's his responsibility, and that's why it's better to give to a responsible. Uh, uh, Careful whose pot it is. But, right. but I'm saying, if it's 9 out of 10, you know, how do you know which, if it's your money that went to the one that's in? We well, do the best we can, but unfortunately, we, we don't want to publicize this, but the reality of the situation is if you give to a person who's not a legitimate honor, you got, uh, you know, uh, 
swindled. So the Maisi, you don't have the mitzvah tzedakah. You're a good Jew, and you have you know other uh, positive qualities I about you, so, so, uh, and you you're a compassionate person. And hundred people come, and ninety nine are not. And what is it? You what can we do? Them. You're not in fulfillment of the mitzvah. So why are you assuming everyone's money is distinct? It's what? one big pot. At least you. Nine yeah. tenths of money went to stuck. So that's a nine tenths of money. Last year, it's about the Vashish. It's about the Vashish. So, so Paul Haposhet, the other, is this only in Purim? Only Purim. Only Purim. So, how come on Purim, all of a sudden now, we stop investigating the Aniyam? If you don't give to a person who's legitimate cause, you have no mitzvah of Staka. Moreover, it sounds like from the Gemara, uh, I don't even know if the guy's a Yid. The guy shows up at my door on Purim, asks for Staka, here you go. I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know if he's a legitimate Ani, which is odd, because normally we research uh, to make sure that it's a legitimate cause, otherwise you don't have no mitzvah tzedakah. We're not even making sure that he's, uh, he's a Yid. And the Gemara tells us in Masech Tzgitin that there is no formal mitzvah tzedakah uh, to uh, Ani Einachim. The Gemara says, Tanar Abanam Afarnasen, Ani Einachim, and Ani Yisrael. We do support even non-Jewish causes. Uh, in order to maintain the peace and harmony with Umas HaElam uh, amidst which we live. But that sounds like it's uh, for the objective of Mepnei Dark Shalom. We do that in order to maintain uh, peace and harmony. But the formal mitzvah of tzedakah does not exist for non-Jewish uh, organizations Why not? and causes. Why not? It's not because they're not legitimate causes and not because we're not sensitive to the need. The reason is because the mitzvah of tzedakah is based on the notion of reciprocity. The Pesach tells us in Parashas Re'eh, Poverty will never be eradicated from the world. Therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu commands us, You should open up your hand. Therefore, you should open up your hand to the poor that live in your land. So the Rishayim asked, this is a very bad sales pitch. You know, the Rebbe Shalom is coming here to convince us, argue, why should we do tzedakah? We're never going to solve the problem. You know, who, what organization comes to and says, by the way, Rabbi said, we're never solving the problem, we're never getting out of debt, but give. You know, who wants to give to such an organization? When you give, you want to know that you're accomplishing something, that the problem is, you know, at least moving towards being solved. Here, Kodesh Baruch tells us, we have no hope of ever solving this problem. It's never going to be eradicated entirely poverty. But you know what? Give. Why would you give? That's exactly a reason not to give. So the Ralbag and the Abarbanel explain uh, that the Pasuk is telling us something else. No, what the Rebbe Shalom is that the Torah is telling us is, you might solve the problem here. You might solve the problem here for this individual. We give him a whole, you know, big sum of money. He's no longer in poverty. But it's going to pop up somewhere else. Here, you solve the problem. It pops up over here. Now there's another honey. And one day, it might be us who's on the receiving end. We ourselves might need tzedakah. One day it might be you. And therefore, says Rabbi Bagdi, that's why you should give tzedakah, because you never know, one day you might be on the receiving end. You might need to receive tzedakah yourself. But tzedakah is based, therefore, on the notion of reciprocity, that I might need to collect tzedakah myself, and therefore uh, I should give uh, to others uh, in order to maintain that relationship. For that reason, we find, as we all know, with regards to tzedakah, a list of priorities, things that come first. A person, let's say, is confronted with many needs uh, simultaneously, so he should primarily give first to his family. As the Pesach says, First you give to achicha. As the Pasuk says in Sefer Shayyoh, You shouldn't hide your eyes uh, from one's own flesh. So you're supposed to first give to your family. Then, after that, uh, it's Baratzecha, within your land, Aniyeircha. And after that, a person could give uh, to other causes. But if you're first supposed to give to your family, then Aniyeircha, then perhaps uh, give Kedima to Eretz Yisrael, and then Aniyeircha. Uh, 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 
Why do we have this system of priorities when it comes to distributing uh, stock of funds? So I believe it's because of this notion, again, of reciprocity. If a person would, uh, let's say, be in need, Rahman and Nitzlan, who would he go to first? He'd first go to his uh, parents, he'd first go to his children, his brothers, sisters, he'd go to his family. And then if they weren't able to help him and satisfy the need, he'd go to Aniyah he'd come to his school, he'd come to this uh, organization within the, school, within the community. That's who he'd go to. And then perhaps if he, they weren't able to solve the need, he would extend even further. However, therefore, since that's who he would go to if he would be in need, so similarly, a uh, person uh, has to give to those causes first. A person's family comes to him, he has to give them first. Because if he would be in need, he would go to them first. Uh, it's all based on this system of reciprocity. Therefore, I've heard in the name of David Feinstein, he said that Aniyah Ircha here doesn't mean who's on my block, who lives in the closest proximity to me. What it means is the organizations that I have an affiliation with. If my children, let's say, learn in a certain yeshiva, so then that's Aniyah Ircha. Because if uh, I would, Rahman uh, be in need, where would I go to? I'd go to the school to ask for assistance. So that's where I would go to. If I have no relationship with the school, even if it's on my block, I, I would never go to them if I would be in need. So then that's not considered to be a Niyayircha. Niyayircha means uh, who I would go to if I would be in need. Same token, uh, family as well also means a person who you would go to if you would be in need. If you have a th- 15th cousin who you would never go to, never had a Havamina, you'd never go to him. So that's not considered to be uh, a chicha either. It means someone who uh, you know, has that relationship that you would go to them first, therefore uh, you should respond to them first. All based, again, on this notion, this premise, foundation of reciprocity. So therefore, as well, when it comes to non-Jewish organizations, it's not that it's not a legitimate cause, and it's not that we shouldn't be sensitive uh, to their needs and what, uh, what's, uh, you know, th- their plight. The issue is one of reciprocity. Since Nachrim, Mumas HaElam, don't have a mitzvah of tzedakah, uh, to Jewish causes, a formal mitzvah of tzedakah, they might give, but they don't have to. So therefore, uh, the whole notion of reciprocity doesn't exist when it comes to non-Jewish causes as well. How then can we justify this over here by Matanah Sev Yainim, giving, um, anybody who asks, the guy not, might not be a legitimate ani, he might not even be Jewish, how do we justify giving Matanah Sev Yainim on Purim uh, indiscriminately? Is the guy stuck allowed to give money to Nochim Yitzhak Shalom? If he's talking about his money, he's giving me as a fund. We give, not on Purim. Uh, no, in general. In general? If Dark Shalom exists. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we should maintain the Arkishalim as much as possible. I don't know if you have to go looking for opportunities. No, no, yeah. yeah. If one presents itself and you feel like he's in need. Yeah, I think it's, a, yeah, the Gemara says, my finest and Aniyah Nachim. What then is going on? So the Ritva over here tells us, Mesethus Megillah, why is it that we give out stucca funds indiscriminately, Matanas uh, indiscriminately on Purim? Normally we're so careful about who we give uh, significant uh, stucca to. So the Ritva tells us over here on the second line, She'ein Asina Zumi Din Stucca Greidosa. This is not only a mitzvah of Tzedakah Matanas even though that's the way it presents itself, Elami Din Simcha. It's one of the mitzvahs of Purim. We give matanas uh, to the to wealthy people, people with resources as well, called Mishlech Manas on Purim. So too, the Fikach Nagul Lite Mos Purim Legoyim Vafilo Ashirim. So too, you give matanas Levyanim 
uh, it's kind of like Mishlayach Monas, one of the mitzvahs of the day of Simchas Purim. We can even give it to Ashirim, or you can even give it uh, even to Goyim, says the Ritva, because uh, it's kind of like the mitzvah of Mishlayach Monas, one of the mitzvahs of Simchas Purim. The Ran has a similar comment as well. You flip the page on the Gemara Mesech this Megillah, which tells us that there's a difference that we're all aware of between Mishlayach Monas and Matanas Ravyanim. Mishlayach Monas is two items to one person. Two food items to one person. Matanas Ravyanim is uh, one item uh, to two aniyim. Why the difference? They're both listed in the same Pasuk. They're both plural. Manois, Matanois. How come two to one versus one uh, to two? So the Prichadosh tells you, because it's, 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 I mean, it's explicit in the Pasuk, if you just read the Pasuk carefully. The Pasuk says, Mishlayach Manois. How many is that? The minimum of two. Ish l'reyehu. And that's singular. So it's two to one. Whereas Matanois le'evyaynim, Matanois is a plural, a minimum of two. Le'evyaynim, to Two to you know, also plural minimum of two. So if you're giving two to two, that means uh, you have to give one to each avion uh, to each ani. However, how can we? Okay, so it's explicit in the pasuk. But why uh, should there be a difference between the two? How come mishleach manis is two to one versus matanas of yoyim, which is one item to two aniim? So the Ran writes over there, Masechtas Megillah, mishleach manis. Ha. Huh? Lev is also plural. Plural. But Evyonim is also plural. Yeah, but it's, so it's two, it could be, it should be, no? But we take it at a minimum. So it's two, a minimum of two, to Evyonim, a minimum of two. So that equals a ratio of one to one. But now you have to give to two Evyonim. But the Ran explains, justifies it perhaps, uh, you know, other reasons. <coughs> and he says it's because Mishlayach, Manas, Matanas, Evyonim are very similar. One is to a person who's wealthy, one is to a person who's in need. So a person you give, you coming to give a gift to someone who's wealthy, you can't come and present one gift, you have to give him a substantial gift. So that's two. When you're coming to give to an Ani, to an Evyon, he has no resources. Anything you give him, he's going to be thrilled about. So him, you only have to give one present. So the Rod says they're really two sides of the same coin, Mishlech Manas, Matanas, Levyonim. Just one is to the Ashirim, one is to the Aniyim. The Ashirim, you have to, you know, give more. The Aniyim, if you give them less, they're satisfied with that. But again, the Rod seems to underscore the same point as the Ritva, that it's not, as the Ritva said, only Tzedakah, even though the way, that's the way it seems, it's a Mitzvah Tzedakah. It's not only Mitzvah Tzedakah, it's part of the Mitzvah of Simchas Purim, just like you have to give Matanas, you know, Mishlech Manas, to somebody to help them in making their Suda. So, too, uh, you have to give uh, Matanas Levyanim as well uh, to either increase brotherly love or help them with their Suda uh, on Purim. It's one of the mitzvahs of Simchas Purim. Huh? Fantastic. One second. I'll get it to you. Does it count as Maisa? The answer is no. But we'll, get to, we'll get to your point also. Yeah. <coughs> However, Rashi, if you look back, disagrees with the Ritva. Rashi and the Gemara Masechus Bob Metzia never even quotes the Talmud Yushalmi. Look back at Oiz Vav, the whole source for this discussion, we're not careful with what we do with the models of Matanas Levyanim, where the Yushalmi said, we give it out indiscriminately, the Ritva even said, Tashirim or Goyim, the Rashi doesn't say that, Rashi says, what it means is, we don't uh, give a person exactly what he needs uh, when it comes to Matanas Levyanim, you are more generous, we're just as discerning in who we give to, Rashi never says you give it indiscriminately, we give it, uh, make sure it's a legitimate cause, like almost tzedakah, but we give extra, distribute extra when it comes to Purim. We don't say you have enough, you have even more. So Rashi is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, the Tamide Rashi, uh, that you cannot give Matanas of Yoinim uh, indiscriminately on Purim, you have to make sure that the person's a legitimate cause, and you cannot give to Goyim. 
That's a quote over here. It's actually two opinions in the Shulchan Aruch over here. Oisid Zayin. Ein medakt at the end of the first line. Ein medakt in Mimos Perma. Komi shaposhes yado lito noistin loy. Over makom shenago litein aflein and Yehudim noistin. The Ritva held you can give to non-Jews. Rashi disagreed and he held you have to give dafka to Jews. So the Shulchan Aruch says if they're in a place where they do do this to non-Jews and you can do it, otherwise you should not do it. To be cheshesh for Rashi. However, Rashi seems to be of the you know different understanding than the Ritva. Rashi seems to fit Matanas Levyanim into the general uh, system of tzedakah. You only have to give to legitimate causes, and it should not be to Eino Yehudim. And the Ritva has a more you know different perspective. It's not just the mitzvah of tzedakah; it's part of Simchas Purim, like Mishlech Manas. He compares it to Mishlech Manas. That's why you could give it indiscriminately, even to Hashirim, even to even to Goyim. This machleik is about how to view Matanas Levyanim seems to be uh, the issue between two opinions in Taisvis. If you remember, we mentioned at the beginning that Matanis of Yainim, not only Eimedaktik and Bedavar, but the Gemara told us in Bab Metziah, Magvis Purim Lepurim. Matanis of Yainim has to be used uh, for the needs of Purim. You can't reassign it to a different cause. Generally, most of Tzedakah, let's say we collect Moschitim uh, for Pesach, if we have extra, you can give it to a different cause. You don't have to use it all before Pesach. You could reassign it. So generally with tzedakah, if you collect it for one cause, we can get together and reassign it to a different cause. So Titus writes, though, When it comes to Matanus of Yadim, you cannot reassign it. Why not? Because it's one of the mitzvahs of Purim. So you can't say, well, I'm going to take it. It's not regular mouse of tzedakah. You take it, reassign it to something else. No, it doesn't fit into the general rules of tzedakah. It's a mitzvah of Purim. So therefore, uh, you have to use it specifically on Purim. Titus in Mesechtas Erechen, though, disagrees. And he holds, no, what the Gemara said, Magvas Purim Le Purim means, you have to use it on Purim, means the Gabbai alone can't reassign it. But if he'd pass it up to the board, you know, uh, the Vada Rabbanim of that Staka, you can reassign it to a different cause. You're going to take it and put it for something else. So, what? Just like regular monies of Tzedakah. It's not a Lachim Purim, then. It's just a general Lachim. Huh? Yeah, there's nothing unique then about Purim. And again, this is two opinions in Shulchan Aruch. If you look down at Oisid Zion, Ein Mishanos Moos Pormut Staka Cheres, that's the opinion of Tysus and Bamatsia. But then the Ramah disagrees, and he quotes from Tysus and Erech and Davka Gaboim, only the Gabai. The Ani, of course, could do whatever he wants with it, and it sounds like others can switch it, uh, you know, the board of, uh, it's only the Gabai who can't switch it. Others, if we would all get together and decide we're going to use it for a different cause, we can use it for a different cause. Certainly the Ani, once he gets it, he can do whatever he wants with it. So again, these two opinions seem to reflect the two notions or the two perspectives on what is the mitzvah matanas of Yoyim. Is it a regular mitzvah of tzedakah? Rashi said we do have to give it to legitimate causes like we would all year, uh, and therefore you can reassign it to a different cause. Or no, matanas of Yoyim is a unique mitzvah of simchas purim. Like the Ritva says, we can, you cannot reassign it. It's got to be used today to give to the yoni. Can't reassign it to a different tzedakah, and we give it out indiscriminately, like mishleach manas. We give it to whoever comes and shows up at our door. And this is the basis for many issues that relate to Matanas of Yonim. Just as an example, uh, the Prichadash writes that an Ani is part of from giving Matanas of Yonim. Why? Because an Ani is part of from Staka. Since he's part of from Staka, he himself is in need, he doesn't have to give Matanas of Yonim. And the Bach disagrees, and he holds, no, this is one of the mitzvahs of Purim. The Ani is all obligated in Mikra Megillah, so the Ani is obligated as well in giving Matanas of Yonim. Or, uh, we know, in the morning of Purim, we make a Shechiyonu again on the Kriyas of Megillah. We made a Shachianu at night, and reading the Megillah, we go back, we make it again on the Kriya Megillah, because the primary Kriya is during the day. 
So the Gabbai always announces at the time, we should announce at the time of the Kriyas Megillah, we should have in mind at the time of making the Shechianu that should go on all of the Mitzvah Hayyim. And you're supposed to list what they are. There's the Sudas Purim and Mishlayach Manas. So Magad Avram says, you don't have to mention Matanas Lev Yoinim. He says, that's a regular Tzedaka. We have that all year, the Mitzvah Tzedaka. Yeah, when I mention it, by both readings or only the day reading? We mention it only in the day only reading. Only in the day. Yeah. The Shechianu of the day. So you should have a Magen Avraham. You don't have to have a mind about Tanz Yonim. We do that. Uh, we do that uh, all year. However, the Prima Gadim disagrees, and he says, "No, you have to mention about Tanz Yonim. That's one of the mitzvahs of the day uh, of Purim." Again, seeming to imply that's not just a regular mitzvah tzedakah. It's one of the mitzvahs of the day of uh, of Simchas Purim. And finally, how much do you have to give? If it's a mitzvah tzedakah, you give a pruta, you know, minimal monetary amount. You can fulfill your mitzvah with that. However, if it's part of the midst of Simchas Purim, so the Shari Tshuva over here quotes Oisid Zayin, perhaps you have to give him something you could use at his Suda. I have to give him a Chalero, I have to give him something, a Kugel, you have to give him something that contributes to the Suda's Purim, just like Mishlech Manis. You have to give something more substantial. You can't just give something work uh, a nickel. That's not going to help the guy make his Suda's Purim. You have to give him something more substantial. How much do you have to give, or perhaps whether or not you could use most uh, Meiser, um, if this is a regular mitzvah tzedakah, perhaps we would have argued, it happens to Paisim say just the opposite, but if it's a regular mitzvah tzedakah, we could have said, well, you could use most meiser. If it's not a regular mitzvah tzedakah, if it's a mitzvah sudas perim, you should not be able to use uh, most meiser. So we have these two perspectives. What is it? Is it a regular mitzvah tzedakah? We have to be discerning who we give it to. Or is it a told us, no, it's simchas perim, a medakting medaver, you could just give it out to Hashirim, to, uh, to Goyim. It's like the mitzvah of Mishleach Manas. <clears throat> However, even according to the Ritva, if it's a mitzvah tzedakah like the whole year, okay, so it's a mitzvah tzedakah like the whole year, maybe he's coming to make the day more like uh, Yom Tif, again, in the absence of an Isa Malacha, we're trying to prop up the day artificially. However, if it's one of the mitzvahs of Simchas Purim, like the Ritva told us, it cannot be the same as Mishleach Manas. Why can it be the same? It cannot be it's the same as Mishleach Manas. First of all, then the mitzvahs would be redundant. What do we need to... The Pesach says, Mishleach Manas Ishleyehu, it sounds like two separate mitzvahs. It can't just be, well, one is to the rich, one is to the poor, but they're fundamentally the same thing. It would be, uh, it would be unnecessary. We could figure out, uh, you give a guy a gift that he uh, appreciates. You don't need two mitzvahs for that. And moreover, it's obvious that they're two separate concepts, because when Shabbat, Purim falls out on Shabbos, it's known in Eretz Yisrael as Purim Meshulash, so when Shushan Purim falls out on Shabbos, so uh, the, uh, the uh, mitzvahs of Matanas Levyanim and Mishlech Manas are separated. That the Sudas Purim is performed on Sunday, and Mishlech Manas, which is to contribute to the Sudas Purim, is done on Sunday. However, Matanas Levyanim is uh, done on Friday, together with Kriya Samagila. Kriya Samagila is Friday with Matanas Levyanim, and Mishlech Manas and the Suda are on Sunday. So obviously these two mitzvahs are very separate, very different. And even the Ritva himself said, it's not only tzedakah, but it is also Simchas Purim, which implies that there's elements of both. And I don't think it's the uh, regular mitzvah of Simchas Purim, it's not the regular Mishleach Manis, and it's not the regular uh, mitzvah of tzedakah either. Because the Ritva told us, you give it to whoever you want. Give it to Aniyim, Aniyim, Ashirim, Goyim, whoever shows up at your door, you can give them Matanah Slavyanim. So it's not a typical mitzvah of tzedakah. And it's not a typical mitzvah of Simchas Purim, Mishleach Manas, to aid in the Suda. It's separated from the Suda. What is it then? And I believe that what it is is an entirely different type of mitzvah, of tzedakah, yes, but unique to Purim. Who is one supposed to give Matanas Lev to? 
The Pesach doesn't say Aniyim. Tzedakah you could give to Aniyim. Avyayinim implies someone who's not only poor, but he's indigent. It's beyond a person who's poor. He's depressed. He's lost. Perhaps he's lost hope and things improving. That's what an Avyayin is. That's what a person is obligated to give uh, Matanas Avyayinim. It's not just an Ani, but an Avyayin. And the purpose of Matanas Avyayinim, therefore, is not just to give Tzedakah, but is to restore hope. That's what the mitzvah is all about. And perhaps that's the nature of the day after there was no longer an Isa Malacha. It's not like a regular Yom Tif where there's Simcha and we're spreading the Simcha to others. It's specifically on a weekday, a Yom Chel, when things seem we, we're far from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, And it's dark and it's, uh, we could, a person can become lost. And a person feels like an Evyon. And a person could be lost, he could uh, lose hope, he could be depressed and think that his situation can't improve even if he's an Ashir, even if he's a guy. It doesn't matter who he is. What the mitzvah is about is restoring hope to people who are lost, who are the, perhaps uh, who's an evyon. You could be uh, perhaps even an ashir and still be an evyon, a person who is uh, depressed and lost. It's about shuasim haisel and etzach b'sikvasim b'chol davadar, restoring a hope to those who have lost it. And in fact, if you look at the Rambam in uh, Hilchas Megillah when he describes the mitzvah matanas levyonim, he describes it differently than the way he described uh, spreading simcha to others uh, in Hilchas Yamtiv. In the Hilchas Yamtif, he described that if you don't do this, you know, be Mesamech, others, ain't a Simchas Mitzvah, Simchas Kresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a hedonistic type Simcha. However, in Hilchas Megillah, the Rambam uh, explains even further. He writes, because a person who's Mesamech, Levo, Mlalim, Daimelishchina, you like a Kaddish Baruchu. Meaning, just like a Kaddish Baruchu restored hope to Klal Yisrael at the time of the Nase of Purim, so too, we should uh, give hope to others. To give hope to those uh, perhaps who have lost hope uh, in their future uh, improving. And that's what the nature of the day is about, specifically on a Yom Chayol. It's not a regular Yom, it's about giving hope to those perhaps who have lost hope. And perhaps that's why uh, accounts for the other change as well. It's not only once the day was no longer a typical yamtif, we now have matanas of yodim to give hope to those who have lost it. We also have an obligation of mishteh v'simcha. It's different than the regular simcha of uh, drinking on every other yamtif. Drinking on every other yamtif, you only have to drink how much? Eh, you drink one cup of wine, and you're done. What about on Purim? Now it's no longer mishteh as an expression of simcha. Well, now there's an independent obligation of Mishta, of drinking on Purim, which brings you to Simcha. What is the nature of drinking on Purim? As we know, the Gemara tells us, unfortunately, everybody knows, that A person has to drink on Purim till he doesn't know the difference between Haman and Mordechai. Why is such a mitzvah? As it goes, runs counter to our general philosophy throughout the year to be measured and to be, you know, a person should be, uh, you know, conscious of what he's doing, all of a sudden Purim comes and we should not know the difference between Haman and Mordechai. What's going on? And I believe that the notion is, what's rep- what this is representing is, again, the same character of the day. We should realize, even though it seems like Haman is in charge and things can't change, and we're so realistic, we're so you know, grounded in what's possible throughout the entire year, if it's not possible, we don't even bother considering and entertaining it. Comes Purim, we need to have a little bit of alcohol to dull our senses and uh, open up our minds as to what's possible. And things can change. Haman could be in charge in a moment, uh, in a, in a moment and the dime, everything can change. Yeshua, Hashem, Karef, Ayin. All of a sudden, Hama could be in charge, and then all of a sudden, he's being hanged on the same tree that he prepared for Mordechai. The entire, uh, you know, everything is possible. And that's what Purim is about. It's about the Sikvas and Bechol Davadar. And every generation, we should uh, recognize that there's always hope uh, that the future can change in a moment. And that's the unique nature 
the Yom Tov of Purim now that is no longer a Yom Tov represented perhaps by the mitzvah of Matanas of Yonim and the mitzvah of uh, Mishta Vesimcha of drinking on Purim Lo Yadav Ben Aham and Baruch Mordechai to recognize uh, in our times as well but Yom Hashem Bezman Azad that there's always hope the situation can improve and in Mirz Hashem we should be Zayichat to Anais in our times as well with the coming of Mashiach Zikainu Bimhevi Amenu Amen. Okay.